0: Hi, this is Edwin Crozier of the Franklin Church of Christ. I want to welcome you and thank you for joining us as we open God's Word and learn how to glorify and honor and serve Him from it. The lesson you're about to hear was preached by one of our deacons, Brother Mark Jones. I'm excited about it and know that you will be benefited. So open God's Word and let's learn how to glorify and serve Him together.
1: This morning I want to talk to you about a subject that's going to seem very unusual in the context that we sit here this morning. But before we do, how many of you get to receive, subscribe, read the Tennessean on a Sunday morning? Last Sunday morning, there was an article entitled, Affluence Equals A Listers. And last Sunday, Courtney Watson, staff writer, for the Tennessean wrote in the Sunday Williamson AM section that Williamson County is the most affluent county in the state of Tennessee with a great quality of life. I don't know if you saw the article. She goes on to state a fact that Williamson County, not only being the most affluent county in the state of Tennessee, it is also the ninth wealthiest county in the United States per capita. Ninth wealthiest county in the United States. Think about that. Think how large this country is. Yet, we're the ninth wealthiest in a country that's the wealthiest of the world. So it says a lot about this area. It's a great area to live. And with that said, you're going to find that my subject matter this morning is going to be very odd, as I said, in the context in which we sit here. This morning I want to talk to you about child neglect. And I want to ask the question, are we guilty of child neglect? And before we get into that and start to dive into it, we've got to ask ourselves a question. What is child neglect? As we look at it, child neglect can be defined, and I found two different definitions I want to share with you this morning. Child neglect is defined as a type of maltreatment. Make sure I'm going with the slides here. Type of maltreatment that refers to the failure to provide needed age-appropriate care, such as shelter, such as food, such as clothing, education, supervision, medical care, and other basic necessities needed for development of physical, intellectual and emotional capacities. The second definition I found goes along with that says a condition in which a caretaker responsible for the child, either deliberately or by extraordinary inattentiveness, permits the child to experience avoidable present suffering and or fails to provide one or more of the ingredients generally deemed generally deemed essential for developing a person's physical Intellectual and emotional capacities. Child neglect. We've got four different types of child neglect as I've researched this and looking at for today's lesson. You've got educational. We see physical. We see emotional. And we see medical. But for today's purpose of today's lesson, I want to deal with the first two. I want to deal with educational neglect and physical neglect. Educational neglect occurs... Whoa. Got ahead of myself. Educational neglect occurs when a child is allowed... Now listen to this. When a child is allowed to engage in chronic truancy... Everybody know what truancy is? Remember the truant officer? Chronic truancy... Is a mandato- and is a ma- of mandatory school age, but not enrolled in school or receiving needed special education, educational training. Educational neglect can lead to underachievement in acquiring necessary basic skills, dropping out of school, and or continually disruptive behavior. Let's look at physical neglect. Physical neglect accounts for the majority of the cases of maltreatment. This definition includes the refusal of or extreme delay in seeking necessary health care, child abandonment, inadequate supervision, rejection of a child leading to expulsion from the home, and failing to adequately provide for the child's safety and physical and emotional needs. Physical neglect can severely impact the child's development by causing failure to thrive, malnutrition, serious illness, physical harm, due to the lack of supervision and a lifetime of low self-esteem. Now, with that said, we've talked about two different types of neglect here this morning. We've talked about educational, we've talked about physical. I want to read to you an article. A year ago today, a year ago, actually I should say a year ago this week, this article came out, and this is a story that occurred down in Huntsville, Alabama, CNN, and it says, the headline, Police, Women Says She Starved Children to Death. Alabama Mother Charged with Killing Three children. Three Kids. It says a Huntsville, Alabama woman charged with capital murder in the death of her three children told investigators she deliberately, she deliberately starved her children to death, A police spokesman said Saturday. Natasha Ward, 33, is charged with killing Shanika Ward, 11, Latricia Ward, 9, and Christopher Ward, 8. She told investigators she deliberately starved her her children to death. They did appear to be malnourished, Wendell Johnson of the Huntsville Police said. Autopsies will determine how and when they died, he said. Ward is being held without bond in Madison County Jail. Police found that the children's bodies on the floor in three separate bedrooms in their apartment in West Huntsville that Friday afternoon, Johnson said. There were no beds in the room, and when asked asked whether the children might have been dead for days, Johnson said it was very possible. The writer of this article goes on to note, he says, utilities have been cut off to the apartment on January 12th. Now, this article was written February 7th. Uh, Utilities have been cut off January 12th. Family members recognize the need here. Family members put together some money to have the utilities turned back on. That Friday, paramedics responded to a 911 call and one of the children's grandmothers was at the apartment with Ward. Johnson said he did not know whether the grandmother was Ward's mother. Johnson says authorities believe the father, who was not named, did not live with the mother but was in the parking lot of the apartment building when the police arrived. The children had not attended school after the winter break ended, Johnson said. Family members had previously gone to the apartment but Ward would not let them in. Family members suspected something was going wrong here. They went, they cared for the, the children, they tried to intervene, but unfortunately it was too late. Natasha Ward, she neglected, she malnourished, and she starved her children to the point of death. To the point of death. Now you're sitting here this morning, you're thinking, where in the world is he going with this? We live in the ninth wealthiest county in the state in, in the United States. Why are we talking about child neglect? Let's put a little twist on it. Let's add one word in front of child neglect, and let's ask about spiritual child neglect. Are we guilty? <clears throat> Let's look at, and let's start back over and go through the slides that we looked at earlier. This time now, with the twist of spiritual child neglect. Going back through the definition, spiritual child neglect, defined as a type of maltreatment that refers to the failure to provide needed age-appropriate spiritual care, such as food. We'll get into food in a moment education, supervision, and other basic necessities for spiritual development, spiritual development of our children's intellectual and emotional capacities. Second definition, a condition in which the caretaker responsible for the child, either deliberately or by extraordinary inattentiveness, fails to provide I can't read my my screen. fails to provide one or more of the ingredients generally deemed essential for spiritually developing, spiritually developing a person's intellectual and emotional capacities. As we look at this, now with the second definition, spiritual education, let me back up just a second. As we go back and look at the two sections that we defined, the educational point of view or the physical point of view as far as neglect, looking at spiritual education neglect, the definition would read, occurs when a child is allowed to engage in chronic truancy, this time from Bible study and from worship service, is of mandatory school age but not enrolled in or receiving the needed spiritual educational training. Spiritual educational neglect can lead to underachievement, just like in regular educational neglect, in the acquired necessary basic skills, and dropping out of school, in this case church, and or continually disruptive behavior. Are we guilty? Looking at from a spiritual education point of view, parents we have a responsibility. <laughs> The Bible gives us many examples. If you'll turn with me over to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, it's a well-known verse. We see there Paul writing, and he says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Fathers, we have a great responsibility to bring our children up, to see to it that they're brought up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Turn back, if you would, with me to the Old Testament, back to the book of Deuteronomy. Here in the book of Deuteronomy, we see a great example in how we should be with our families and teaching. Picking up Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9, states, Now this is the commandment, the statutes, the judgments, which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you, that you might do them in the land where you are going over to possess it, so that you and your sons and your grandsons might fear the Lord your God to keep all the statutes and His commandments which I command you, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. O Israel, you should listen and be careful to do it, that it may be well with you and that you might multiply greatly, just as the Lord, the God your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Verse 5, and, or I'm sorry, with verse 6, and these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. Now listen to verse 7, and you shall teach them diligently to your sons, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you lie down, and when you rise up, and you shall bind them on, bind them as a sign on your hands, as they shall be as frontals on your forehead, and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Are we doing this? Are we doing this at home? Are we speaking? Are we teaching with our children? Are we diligently teaching them when we sit in our house, when we rise, when we lie down? Are we doing this? Turn with me, if you would, over to Proverbs. If we're doing this, what we'll find over in Proverbs chapter 22... The writer there says in verse 6 train up a child in the way he should go. If we're doing those things in Deuteronomy we're training up our child in the way he should go. The writer in Proverbs says even when he is old he will not depart from it. We have a great responsibility to train up our children in the way they should go. We see back over in Ezekiel I've heard this reference before in Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 44, the reference that our children are great imitators. So I marked that, I think I marked that verse. Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 44, it says, Like mother, like daughter. Our children are watching us. They learn from what we do. They learn from us. Are we going to Bible study? Are we studying at home? Are we being an example to them? Our children are paying attention. Going back to it, you've got to ask the question, are we neglecting the spiritual educational needs of our children? As Christian parents, we have a responsibility, as we've read here, to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord to teach our children daily in our homes. And if we're doing these things, training up our children in the way that they should go, Moving on to look at the physical side of neglect. From a spiritual, physical neglect, the definition would read ties directly together, this subject ties directly together with the spiritual, educational neglect. If we go back and look at the definition of physical neglect, we would find one aspect of physical neglect being malnutrition. Malnutrition, in general terms, is defined for the medical condition in a person caused by an unbalanced diet, either too little or too much food, or a diet missing one or or more important nutrients. Malnutrition can severely affect a child's development. Malnourished children often have stunted growth. They score significantly lower in school, and they do then do well-nourished children If we look at it from a spiritual point of view, we have to ask the question and look at spiritual malnutrition. The definition would be, is a general term for spiritual, the spiritual condition of a person caused by an unbalanced spiritual diet, too little food, or a diet missing one or imp- more important nutrients? Spiritual malnutrition can severely affect the growth and the development of our children. Are we spiritually starving our children? It brings to us the question, what should we be feeding our children? And as we think about that, if you turn with me over to the book of John, we'll see. It's very clear. John chapter 6 and verse 27 reads, Do not work for the food which perishes." but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man shall give to you. For on Him the Father, even God, has set His seal. Verse 35 reads, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. On down, verse 48. Again, Jesus claims... Here, I am the bread of life, he states. And then in verse 51, I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread also which I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh. We must constantly be spiritually feeding our children if we expect them to develop and grow into the faithful Christians and followers of Christ that they are to be. With that said, you may be thinking, well, my child's already baptized. They're moving along. Have you ever heard somebody make the statement, well, I'm sure glad Johnny was finally baptized, and I've got that job done. I've heard that, and it bothers me. Because, folks, at this point in their life, from a spiritual point of view, our responsibility for spiritually providing for that child is just beginning, the day they're baptized, whether you realize it or not. At that point in life, they've just been born again. Spiritually, they're a babe in Christ. And at this point, just like a normal babe, they too are going to need to feed on milk until they grow and spiritually mature. Turn with me over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2, we see Paul writing here, and he says, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. We're not talking about infants here. We're talking about people that could consume normal food. However, they're spiritually immature. They're bathed in Christ. They've just been born again, and he's feeding them milk. They need milk. On down 1 Peter in chapter 1, verse 22. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, and we read there in verse 22, picking up Peter writing to the Christians, since you have in obedience to the truth, purified your souls for sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is, through the living and abiding word of God, for all flesh is like grass, and all of its... Glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord abides forever. And this is the word which you preach, which was preached to you. Therefore, putting aside all malice and guile and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babes, newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word, that by it, by this pure milk of the word, you may grow in respect to salvation. Parents, we have a tremendous responsibility in rearing our children who have souls destined for eternity. We have a God-given duty to nurture these children and to see to it that they develop. And you ask for the question, if I can get this along the way with me, there there is some things we can do from a preventative point of view. As we look at prevention, spiritual prevention, prevention of spiritual neglect, requires educational effort to raise the awareness of spiritual child neglect in the church, all of us here, and its damaging effects to our children. Church members, not just the parents, but all of us, must understand the need to support the parents in their efforts to care for our children. And all parents need support. We need it. I'm sure every parent here needs support and help with the demanding job of spiritually developing our children, turn with me to Second Timothy. As you look in Second Timothy, we read, pick up in verse chapter three, in verse fourteen and fifteen. Here, Paul write, is writing to Timothy, encouraging him, and he says, "You, however, continue in the things you have learned." and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So we've got to ask ourselves, who was it? Who was it that uh, Timothy learned from? He says here, knowing from whom you have learned from, in verse 14. If we turn back, just a page, maybe two in your Bible, turn back a page or two to chapter 1 and verse 5, we see, for I, Paul says, for I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. For I am sure that it is in you as well we can see here and learn from this example that it's not just the parent's responsibility. While it is our primary responsibility, we need help. and, And everyone can play a role in spiritually developing our children. Just like Timothy's grandmother had an influence on him. We're all family within this church and within the Lord's church. And with that regard, I would ask, think about the wards. Think about Shanika, Latresha, Christopher Ward's grandmother. She didn't sit idly by. She realized her children, these grandchildren, were being neglected. While it was too late for them. Unfortunately, it was too late. I would ask, do you see somebody spiritually starving? Do you see somebody that needs this help? Get involved. Um, just got way ahead of myself. In closing, before we close this morning, I don't want to ignore the children here. Children, you have a responsibility yourself. Turn with me back to Ephesians chapter 6. Let's pick up the first three verses there where Paul writes, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Children, you have a responsibility. Just like we as your parents have a responsibility to bring you up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You have a responsibility to honor, to honor your parents and to obey your parents. In closing... I would ask that you turn with me over to the book of Psalms. And let's look at this one verse as we prepare to close this morning. Psalms 127, picking up in verse 3, says, Behold, children are a great gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward, like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So are the children of one's youth. How blessed, how blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Are you here today, this morning, and you fear your children may be spiritually starving? Do you have a problem with chronic truancy in your home? We want to help you. We can help you. We're all here to see that we share an eternal life. Are you here this morning and realize you yourself may be spiritually starving? Do you want to partake of Christ, the living bread, so that you can have eternal life? Whatever your case may be, why don't you come while we stand together and sing?
0: I hope this lesson was beneficial to you. If you had any questions about serving God, about glorifying Him, about how to overcome the tempter, about the Franklin Church of Christ, please give us a call at 615 794 2359, or you may contact us through our website, www.franklinchurchofchrist.com. Perhaps somebody has given you this lesson on audio tape or on CD. If that's the case, please go to that website I just mentioned. Again, it's franklinchurchofchrist.com. We have numerous lessons that are available in both outline and audio format. You are free to download any and all of them and use them in any way that you believe will glorify our God and help others overcome the tempter. May God richly bless you as you draw closer to Him. But more importantly, may you richly bless God.